What am I doing here today? That's the same thing I wanted to ask myself. I'm with the Gideon International. My name is Cocky Barrett. I grew up here in this county and been a Gideon for I don't know how many years, over 30 years, and been fortunate enough to see a lot of things happen through that ministry. Who are the Gideons? We're an association of business and professional men who have one purpose and only one purpose. That's to see men and women and boys and girls come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We do that three ways. First way is by distribution of God's Word. We distribute these in the motels, hotels, and, and other places like that, doctor's offices, uh, lawyer's offices, uh, several other places such as that. And we distribute the little New Testaments in the schools, in the military, fire and police personnel, nurses, uh, all different walks of life. We do that. Um, and we've done a lot of these distributions here in this community and I want you to know some of the numbers. Uh, so far this year we've delivered 270 of these to the schools in Boone County. And you got to understand many of those children are living in a home where there's not a Bible. Many of them. Okay. Uh, 89 uh, nurses received these at their graduation. Uh, 45 to the military. I think that was either National Guard or Army Reserve or both. 40 to police personnel. Uh, then uh, previous year, uh, last year or year before last at Scare on the Square, we passed out 1,500 of these. There again, many of them went to families that do not have a Bible. You'd be surprised at the number of homes in this area where there is no uh, book of God's Word there. All right. Um, we replace about 20 or 30 of these in the local motels. As they get tattered and worn, we pull them out of there and we replace them uh, with new ones and we take the old ones, tear the covers off of them and use them for jail and, and prison distribution. They can't have a hardback book in there. They can make a weapon out of it. Uh, let's see. Okay, uh, we've got one Gideon in our camp that ships out a lot of retail orders. He puts one of these books in every order that he ships out all over the United States. Okay, and um, then we have another business uh, man that's a Gideon that keeps these on his counter at work where he deals with customers and he distributes quite a few of them to his customers when they come in. So, 
then uh, we also uh, go into the Boone County Jail. And I want to talk a little about that today. I think I've only got, what, two more hours? Is that right? Uh, okay. I'd like to tell you some of the results we've seen there. And, uh, and the other thing that I'm going to do when I'm uh, going to finish is share with you how you can participate in this ministry. All right. Um, I've gone into Boone County Jail for over 30 years now. We haven't been in there for a year and nine months. Looks like they may let us back in. We got closed out when COVID hit. And uh, they're talking about trying to fix it up so we can come back in there. We actually go in there with the inmates. We go in the cells with them and visit with them and share with them and take them one of the whole Bibles that we've replaced, replaced the covers on. And uh, uh, I've told you all this story before. I'll tell you again. One time when I went in there, I offered these to one of the guys through the bars and uh, he said, I don't believe in that Jesus stuff. And, and I, I didn't know what to say to him. I was... I was stumped okay so I did the best thing I knew how to do I said help and the Lord moved in and took over he said challenge him cocky said uh, and so I said well what is there about this Jesus stuff that you don't believe and he started mumbling and going on it was pretty obvious real quick he didn't know anything about this Jesus stuff and uh, he was an educated guy. And so I said, well, why don't you take this book and read some and see what there is about this Jesus stuff that you don't believe in. And I'll be back again next Sunday afternoon. And perhaps you can convince me that I'm wrong in my belief on this Jesus stuff. And I said, I challenge you to read the book of John. It starts on page 1097 in this book and it's only about 25 pages long I said I think you've got time between now and next Sunday to read that and so he hesitated he took the book and I left before he changed his mind went on and when I got back the next week I'd forgotten about him and I was in the jail is, was U-shaped there, the way they had the cells. And I was in the first section. He was in the middle section. And he heard me talking and he said, Cocky Barrett, Cocky Barrett, is that you? And then I remembered about him and I said, yes, Ron, it's me. And he said, I got something to tell you. And I said, okay, I'll be there in a minute. I got there and he said, Cocky, I read the book of John. And he said, I realize I'm a sinner. I realize that, you know, the problems in my life. And he said, I want to get right with God. But he said, I don't know how to do it. You know, and, and uh, so we went through some more scriptures. And pretty soon he was down on his knees. And I was down on my knees holding his hands through those bars. And he started confessing stuff I wish I'd never heard. And he begged Jesus to forgive him and take control of his life and be his new boss. And he got up and that man was forever changed, y'all. 
I found out visiting with him subsequently after that that he was an ordained priest in the church of Satan. Yes, it does exist, and yes, it is in this area too, okay? Whether you believe it or not, it does exist, and they are here. Ran into two more ordained priests of the church of Satan through the years in that jail. Challenged them the same way I did Ron, and guess what? God did the same results with both of them also. You know, he said this word won't return unto him void. And you know why he said it? Because it won't return unto him void. It will accomplish what he sent it for. You know, we just got to get, get it in people's hands and encourage them to read it. And we need to memorize scripture so we can quote scripture to them. I love what Billy Graham would always say, you know, he'd say, my friend, the Bible says, then if you didn't like it, you're not arguing with Billy Graham now. You're arguing with God. And God's big enough to take care of himself. You know, we need to know the scriptures, y'all. I'd encourage you to do that. Uh, another guy named Dan Helton. He was from Dexter, Missouri. Moved down here because... Uh, the FBI and, and, and everybody else had already sent him to prison two or three times for going to schoolyards and passing out drugs and get school children hooked on them so they can sell them those drugs. And uh, uh, he and his wife moved down here and camped close to junior high there in Harrison. And they were going to the schoolyard there and doing their thing and they got caught and they did a raid on their home they put them both in jail and um, Dan was facing up to a life sentence uh, without parole uh, and uh, for all of his violations and uh, he wouldn't listen finally they had him in isolation there in the Boone County Jail and out of boredom he finally took a Bible and he started reading it and he would ask questions and we would answer his questions and we'd try to share more. And he'd say, no, you answered my questions. Thank you very much. And each week when we'd come by, he had more and more questions. And finally, God got him. You know, he, I mean, he hogtied him. Got down on his knees and he started confessing and begged Jesus to forgive him, take control of his life. And God gloriously saved him and then God started doing miracles. He got his wife out of there first, and then they finally got Dan out of there too, and uh, got it reduced down to uh, uh, fines and everything else, and which he was able to do. Went back to Missouri and uh, wound up going to seminary somewhere or another, Bible college someplace, and became a pastor, and had a huge youth ministry there trying to give back to God part of what he had taken from God and they had multiple buses they ran a huge bus ministry for children and then they went into the prisons in Missouri and shared with the inmates there and last I heard Dan and his wife were still going I don't know where he is now I hadn't heard from him in about 10 years but uh, 
he's still out there telling people about Jesus somewhere or else he's up there hugging Jesus. Jeff Revis lived up around Omaha, was on meth, got real bad hooked on that meth. And one time he was sitting out in his yard, had his gun, and he was and he decided to take target practice at the next vehicle that went by. So he shot at it. He hit the car. He hit the back. The bullet went through the back seat, or through the back door, into a child that was riding in that car. And they put Jeff in the Boone County Jail and he received a 25-year sentence. And so I uh, kept trying to talk to Jeff, kept trying to talk to him. And, and he, he said, it won't do any good to talk to me. He says, God can't help me. He says, I'm going to hell. And I said, and so I finally shared enough scriptures with him that, that he began to get interested in what this book said. And he wound up gloriously getting saved. And he took that Bible with him on to prison. I got several letters from him through the years, and I'd get reports from inmates that were that had been in prison with him that were coming back up for trial or had gotten out and back in jail again. They said everywhere Jeff went, he was carrying that Bible with him, and he was preaching and telling people about Jesus in the prison there. Uh, uh, Chad Suttereth grew up here. Chad was in all kinds of trouble for ever which way you could get in trouble as a young troubled man. And uh, he um, uh, was very, very uh, mad. Jeff had an internal anger that he didn't know how to drill to, uh, to deal with. And finally, God showed him how to deal with that through Jesus. And uh, Chad got out. He still had a troubled life since then. But uh, he, um, he'll tell you about the Lord if you see him. But he still, he needs our prayers, y'all. He's still struggling, okay? But he, um, the devil is really after him because he was one of the devil's best young uh, warriors. And the devil is mad. So if you would, keep Chad Sutterth on your prayer list. Jerry Kilburn, many of you may know him from up on the mountain. Uh, Jerry tickled me to death. I've told you about him before. He'd check in Boone County Jail every fall about the time the leaves started falling. And he'd camp in there for the winter. What happened, his ex-wife would file failure to pay child support charges on him. He'd call her in the fall and say, I'm ready, and she'd go down, file charges on him. They'd put him in there, and he'd winter there because he's a farm hand, and he didn't like working on farms out there in that winter weather. And he'd camp in there, and he'd read Louis L'Amour cowboy books, you know. And all winter long, spring had come, He'd call his wife, tell her he's ready to go ahead out, and she'd go drop the charges. Isn't that right, Kenny? Yeah, yeah, Kenny knows him well. Okay, and uh, 
kept telling Jerry about Jesus and he, he, you know, I only want to know, can Jesus get me out of the problems I got? If he isn't going to fix my problems, I, you know, I don't need him. And, and I said, it doesn't work that way. Jesus doesn't bargain, you know. And so anyway, he uh, was driving a car a few years ago. Are they, they're not sure. He, he's not sure he was driving it. They said he was. But pick up with two other people in there, a man and a woman, and they had a terrible crash at an extremely high rate of speed out on Caps Road. And they killed the other two and um, nearly killed Jerry. They had to put a trach in him and everything else. And he was in the hospital for quite some time and finally pulled out and then they put him in the jail. And he received a 15-year sentence. And uh, I, I said, Jerry, what's it going to take for God to get your attention? And he said, well, I'm not too sure. He just about has my attention now. And I said, well, when are you going to do something about it? And he said, well, share with me again. And he said, maybe I can do it today. So I shared, went through the gospel with him again. He got down, he prayed, and Jesus saved him. And he took that book and he consumed that book. He spent seven to eight hours a day reading this book, y'all. Seven to eight hours a day. He was an avid reader. You know, all he used to read were those Louis L'Amour cowboy books. He put them down and picked this book up. And he started having a little Bible study there with any of the inmates that would join him and everything else. And uh, this went on for a couple of years and we kept visiting with him and finally they shipped him down to the state penitentiary. And I still get reports from people that see him down there. They said everywhere Jerry goes carrying this book and they said that's all he reads. And that's all he wants to talk about is the Lord. Uh, you know, God's Word, what it'll do to transform someone. Kylie Johnson, another young man from this community. He was the son of Mackie Johnson and uh, Hilda Fleshman Johnson. Uh, Mackie, uh, I mean, Kylie was a troubled young man, wound up getting into drugs and everything else and all kinds of trouble. And finally, they nailed him. He was going to prison. And that's when it really shook him up. And I started, he was able to, uh, God was able to draw him enough that he would let us talk to him then. And one day he finally broke, got down on his knees, begged Jesus to forgive him, take control of his life and be his new boss. And uh, Kylie uh, went on and, uh, and petitioned the court to let him go to Teen Challenge instead of prison. He went to Teen Challenge up at uh, uh, Missouri there. Uh, and uh, when he graduated, they invited Kylie to stay on and work with them there as a, um, uh, uh, well, I guess you'd say as a graduate student. And they finally... Uh, got him in position where he was working with a lot of young men that had been through similar things to what he did. 
and Kylie got put on full time there eventually, wound up getting married, and he and his wife lived there at that facility. They provide housing for them, married housing for them. And he came down and spoke at our Gideon banquet one year, several years ago. And I asked him at that banquet, I said, Kylie, uh, you're working with a lot of lost people through that ministry. Do you, do you ever get a chance to lead many of them to the Lord? And he said, yeah, some. And I said, well, what is some? He said, I average about 15 or 20 a month that I lead to the Lord. Yeah, that's some. Yeah, wow. How would you like to have been the one that gave the $5 for that Bible that, that God used to break Kylie? You know, how would you like to be the one that donated the money for that? Uh, I'll call this one Jane Doe. I, I know I probably got permission to use her name, but I'm not going to do it because I forgot to see if I could get a hold of her to see if I could use her name. Uh, when I was in the Boone County Jail, when it was down there on the bypass, uh, there was a woman... I came up to this one cell and there was a young girl in there and then there was a woman in the corner of that cell with her face in the corner down on her knees just just weeping and sobbing. And, and this young girl came up there and wanted to know what I was doing there and I told her I came to bring Bibles and talk to them about Jesus. I handed her a Bible and she took it and she said, well, tell me something. She said, where was Jesus when that woman right there, and she pointed at her, who happens to be my mother, used to sell my body to men to get money to buy her drugs with. Says, where was Jesus when that happened? Where was Jesus when I was abused and used and abused? And uh, I didn't know what to say. So I prayed the best, best prayer I know how to pray. Help! And the Lord took over. He told me where to go in the scriptures, what to share, and I started sharing with her. And she listened and listened and listened. And, uh, and she said, okay. She says, I'll keep this book. I'll look at it. I'll read it. You know, I'll think about those things you've shared with me. Came back the next week. She'd been reading the Bible and make a short story a lot longer after a few more minutes of discussion and sharing some more scriptures she was down on her knees begging the Lord to forgive her and come into her life and be her boss and she got gloriously saved she got Pentecostal saved she was hooping and hollering she got excited Joe you know it is exciting you know, I like the excitement in your music, you know, but what's going on with most Baptist churches today? Just an old sinner saved by grace, just getting through life, you know. This is exciting stuff, y'all. We're out there on the firing lines. You can participate in what we're doing out there on the firing lines. The battle is hot. The battle's getting really intense. Lots of people are going to burn forever in hell if we don't win this battle. And you've got a chance to be a part of what we're doing there. But anyway, all right. So she called me 
she, she was from a family in Newton County. When she and her mother were in there, they had 10 more members of their immediate family that were in the jail at that time. If I told you the name Kenny, you'd know. But anyway, all right. There was 12 of them in there that weekend of, of the immediate members, cousins, uncles, aunts, and, and, and all that in there that weekend. Uh, so she called me a few years ago. She said, I'm big as a barn now, but she said, I'm still walking with Jesus. She was in town from somewhere and got my number and called me. Uh, it was um, another girl named Mary. This not her real name. Uh, she shared with me how her stepfather had abused her and everything and how could God you know, love her if he allowed that to happen and everything and so on and so forth. Took quite a while of working through it with her and it wasn't anything I did. It was God's word that finally got her and she got gloriously saved and wound up getting dealing with all the problems she was in there for and everything else and, and able to... Uh, get her life straightened out and get married and moved off to another community. And uh, that's the last I heard from her, but she was doing real well at the time. Uh, I want to tell you another Gideon Bible story. This one didn't happen in the jail. Guy I grew up with, Johnny Fitton, uh, lived about a, just a little over a block apart and we were born two days apart and we were, grew up together, played together and everything else. And uh, uh, so Johnny Fitton uh, and, and I both went off to school. And uh, he went to Little Rock after he got out of school. And, and uh, anyway, I wound up coming back to Harrison after I went and played Army for a while and everything else. And... Uh, uh, we went to our 10-year high school reunion and Johnny had come in from there. He was a very successful businessman. He had a degree in engineering. He had his own engineering company in, in Little Rock. Lived up on what they call it, Pulaski Heights, overlooking the Arkansas River and gated community up there where, the, where you overlook the bluffs down to where the river is below and all that. And uh, I kept trying to visit with Johnny and he didn't have time to talk to me at that reunion. He, you know, he had more important things to do. Ran, at, ran into him at a Razorback football game at the concession stand. Uh, one time wanted to introduce him to my wife and he didn't have time to meet her. He was with some other people and, you know, and all this. And Johnny was what we used to call, he was hi-hatting me. He just didn't want anything to do with me anymore for some reason. But anyway, then uh, after, after Johnny was drinking pretty heavily and the alcohol and three divorces finally got him, uh, his last wife took his, uh, his business and left him destitute and Johnny came down with cancer with, with the alcoholism and everything else and he had no money and he became a ward of the state 
and the state put him in a, uh, one of their institutions in Rogers, Arkansas, where they were caring for him there. And they'd removed Johnny's larynx. He couldn't talk anymore. And uh, his cancer had spread to other parts of his body, and it didn't look good. Another boy we grew up with named Joe Frank Cowan kept trying to get me to go see Johnny. I didn't want to go see him. I was mad at Johnny. Johnny didn't want anything to do with me anymore, you know, and I, and I didn't want to go just, you know, uh, I didn't want to go. And finally, Joe Frank would come to town once a month in his travels with his business, and every time he'd stop by and try to get me to go over to Rogers with him to see Johnny Fitton, and I wouldn't go. One day, just to get Joe off my back, I said, okay, you got time? And he said, yeah. I said, let's go. Get in. Get in my car. Get in my truck. We'll go right now. And he said, seriously? I said, yeah, get in. I'm going, you know. Let's go. And, and so we're driving over there, and Joe Frank said, what do I do? I said, pray. And he said, what do I pray? Pray that Johnny will let me tell him about Jesus. And he said, okay, we get there. Johnny's in much worse shape than I realized. He was totally bedfast, so weak he couldn't even set up unless they propped him up. And, and uh, couldn't talk. And he had Parkinson's along with the cancer and everything else. And he'd try to write stuff. But, you know, you can't write very well when your hand keeps going like that. And so we were trying to communicate with a guy that couldn't talk. And, and so finally, I figured out what Johnny was saying after we'd visited with him, told him a little about what all was going on in our lives. He was trying to say, why are you here? What are you doing here? Why did you come to see me? And so I pulled that Gideon Bible out that I took over there and I said, Johnny, I came to tell you about Jesus. I said, will you let me do it? I said, Jesus changed me. And I said, I want to tell you how he can change you. Will you let me do it? He said, yes. So we got him up there, set him up on his bed there and propped him all up. And he was leaning up against me. And I started opening that Bible and going through the plan of salvation and a few other things and all that. And Johnny's eyes were just glued on those pages as I would read this stuff and everything. And I got down to the punchline where it's time to say, yes, I want to ask Jesus to forgive me or no, I don't. And I looked and Johnny had tears just flowing down his face. And I said, Johnny, do you believe Jesus died for you? Johnny, do you believe that, uh, that if you ask Jesus to forgive you, he will? Do you believe you're a sinner? Do you believe that your sins can only be paid for by going to hell if you don't accept what Jesus did for you? And, and so I said, would you like to do that? And he went, you know, how? And I said, well, Johnny, you can't speak said, could I say the words for you and you say them in your mind, talking to God through your mind? And he shook his head, yes, and I did that. Now, this is a guy on his deathbed, y'all, and when we finish, Sam, he turns to me and he gives me a bear hug. I thought he was going to break my ribs. Incredible strength. I couldn't believe it. He was so weak, you know, he, they had to feed him, you know. 
and and uh, he he got real excited, and we tried to visit a little while, and then we went on. Johnny died about six months after that. I never did go back to see him again. And uh, at his funeral, the charge, the nurse that was assigned to take care of Johnny, the day nurse that was assigned to take care of him there in that institution, came to the funeral. And she said, before y'all came to see Johnny, she said all he wanted to do was for us to read the sports section of the paper to him and to put, turn the TV to sports channels and let him watch sports channels. She said, after y'all left, all he wanted me to do, and she brought that book with her, was read him this Bible. And she brought it to give to his family. And she said, uh, uh, and that Bible was worn out, y'all. It was worn out. It was tattered and worn out. And she said, all he wanted me to do was read him that Bible and put the TV on religious channels. Uh, you know, how would you like to have been the one that gave the $5 that paid for that Gideon Bible that wound up with Johnny Fitton? Well, I'm going to stop sharing stories with you now and talk to you about, we're like the Marine Corps. We're looking for a few good men. And um, you know why the Marine Corps is looking for a few good men? Because the Army's already got them. But anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I don't want to tell them that. You know, I don't want to insult them. But anyway, you know, we're looking for a few good men. We're looking for men to come along beside us, help us in this battle against the evils of the devil uh, to help us get God's word out to pray to uh, help us do some of you God may call some of you to go be a Gideon speaker where you go to churches and share the stuff that's happened through the Gideons and all that but uh, uh, and I'm here to ask you for your support you know and you can participate through your support. One way you can do it is by the Gideon card thing. You got a Gideon card rack back there. We got cards for everything. In memory, thinking of you, graduation, in recognition, uh, you know. And uh, We got cards for everything. You know, if you, you give a Gideon card, you know, you put a donation in there and you give Bibles in honor of or in memory of whoever you're sending those cards to. You know, $5 will buy one of these. You know, uh, I forgot what these cost now. I think, Bill, are you in here? And about $1.40 now for the little New Testaments. I don't know where he went. He left because I was speaking probably. But anyway, he's my brother-in-law. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, but you can participate by giving. You know, you can participate by praying for us. We're in uh, over 160 different countries around the world, and we've been shut out of most of those countries because of the COVID. We can't get in them anymore. And, uh, and we're the support, y'all. 
if we don't take the Bibles, most of these third world countries are not going to get the Bible. They don't have the money, you know. And those Gideons, uh, we have Gideons in those lands that help distribute those Bibles and work as interpreters for us when some of the Gideons go on international distributions and that kind of stuff. Uh, here is something I'll let y'all pass around or, what, or leave it up here if you want to come look at it. This was a postcard that one of the inmates in the jail that I had the privilege of baptizing, they, they let us baptize them if they don't have a church or a pastor to do that. And uh, this one was uh, November 17th, 2012 when I baptized this guy. Uh, but uh, he drew a Thing showing Golgotha and, and the Roman soldiers and Jesus hanging on the cross with the two thieves and everything and, and my gosh it this is you know you don't find quality drawing any better than this some of these people that are in there are really talented they just need to get that talent aimed in the right direction but uh, you can join with us we're if you're a business or a professional man or have a college degree or you're a supervisor or, or any capacity such as that, you qualify if you're a member in good standing of a local evangelical church. Okay? And uh, we, uh, we meet once a month to encourage each other and give reports on what's going on and everything else. And... Uh, you can participate in any part of the ministry that you feel led to participate in. Uh, so, that being said, I think I'm going to shut up now. Uh, there's an open Bible back there in the forum. And uh, you can put your donations there. You can make your donation out to the Gideon International. Or we even accept cash, y'all. Yeah, we'll take cash. You know, whatever works for you. I'll leave this, I'll turn this thing around and leave this card here if y'all want to look at it and anybody wants to come up and see it afterwards. Uh, does anybody have any questions before I shut up? Would you like to ask me any questions about Gideon ministry or anything? Don't everybody raise your hand at once now. Yes, sir. Thanks, Jim. He and I grew up together. He taught me a lesson real quick when I told him I could whoop him one day. And he said, no, you can't. And I said, yes, I can. And he said, no, you can't. And I said, yes, I can. Next thing I knew, I was laying down on my back looking up at stars. <laughs> and it was daylight. <laughs> well, let me pray. Or right, is somebody going to come? You going to come pray? You going to dismiss them if I'll shut up? Okay. It's all yours. Thank you for sharing this morning. Uh, the Gideons to me uh, are special. I remember receiving my Bible uh, when I was in third grade. I, when we look at the uh, 
you know, I, I'm, I do a lot of research numbers and stuff like that. And we look at our country, it's estimated now that less than 50% of, of Americans attend church regularly. And attending church doesn't mean you're saved or a Christian. It just means you're taking time and space in a pew, a chair, or whatever in our uh, in our country. Uh, we have over 47,000 Southern Baptist churches. Estimated about 900 of them close a year. Um, and you see a decline in, in church attendance. And Okay. Which goes along the lines with it's estimated that 95% of Christians in our country have never shared the gospel. And we're talking about Jesus died for your sins. Uh, you can have a relationship with him. Uh, that 95% of, of Christians in our country have not clearly shared the gospel with somebody. And uh, which we see a decline in church attendance. We see the death of churches. And, you know, the the Bible is pretty clear what we're supposed to be uh, as Christians. Uh, we're supposed to, to worship. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to be in our Bibles. We're supposed to serve others, and we're supposed to evangelize. Uh, and evangelism usually ends up on the back burner. And so, um, you know, my focus this year for student ministry is to focus on those five things as, as what we are supposed to be as believers. And um, and so, uh, being intentional about sharing the gospel, uh, no matter where you're at. I shared the gospel with somebody on the elevator. Was on vacation. He said he was going way down and didn't want to talk about it. And I'm like, well, there's an open door. Uh, and then I shared. And he goes, well, that's not what I was expecting. But I did open the door for you to tell me that. Uh, nothing positive came out of that, I don't think, other than I did get to share it with him. And he went on his way and I went on mine. Uh, but uh, to be intentional of our faith and being able to, to share that. Uh, the Gideons are going out handing Bibles. Um, I still see students who don't know who Jesus is, never heard Jesus' name before uh, in, in our community. And uh, we find that hard to believe probably, right? Uh, who, they don't know who Jesus is. They've never heard his name. Uh, and so the opportunity is college students and school-age school, uh, school -age students, nurses, professionals, uh, as they hand out Bibles, uh, to be able to do that. So uh, thank you for sharing and the challenge that uh, these men and women uh, are doing through the Gideons and the Auxiliary uh, with that. Uh, it doesn't matter where you, who you are, where you're at, what you've done, what you're currently in, that Jesus loves you. He desires to have a relationship with you, and he wants to be in a relationship with you and for you to pursue him uh, daily. And uh, if you have questions about that, you want to know more about that, uh, you can see me uh, later this morning. Call me, text me. My information's in the bulletin. Um, but the word is powerful. It does not come back void. And, and God so uh, uh, desires to have a relationship with his uh, creation. 
and with that, uh, Brother Sean is on vacation this week. I'll be in and out. We go to camp next week, and so we'll be uh, preparing uh, for that. I have a memorial service uh, to do. Uh, my best friend's dad, who was like a father to me, uh, the service is in Oklahoma, and so I'll be at Oklahoma towards the end of the week uh, for that. But uh, keep me, uh, it's going to be a, a tough service, but um, uh, do keep me in your prayers for that. Uh, we do have choir practice today at 4.30, I believe, uh, in here. And then, uh, as he mentioned, the Gideon's offering, a couple of the guys, I believe, in the back are with the Bibles open. And if you would like to give, uh, you can put Gideon's International on that. Uh, you can put uh, cash in there. Our counters are counted, and we will send a, a check from the church. Uh, but you can do that if you want to on your uh, way out uh, as well. Offering boxes in the foyer on the on the table. Uh, a few other things. Uh, the fairways to heaven. Uh, the details are still being put together, right, Kyle, for the most part. But the sign-up sheet is in the foyer uh, there, and you can sign up. You can see a list of names uh, that are on there. And so, uh, guys, invite you uh, uh, to do that. Uh, also, our prayer ministry. Uh, if you haven't picked up a bulletin, I, I encourage you to do that. Uh, we're kind of doing the prayer ministry a little bit different now. And the directions are in there, so I don't want to take uh, all the time to, to explain that. But if uh, uh, several people submit prayer requests and stuff, and, and you kind of need to know that information on how to be able to do our, our new system. So please invite you to pick that up. Uh, Vacation Bible School is just about a month away, uh, and we do need volunteers uh, for that. Sign-up sheet is in the foyer. Uh, if you have any questions about that, you can come see me. We're looking forward to uh, it's a Sunrise National Park, so we're going on a, a great hike. And, uh, and so uh, the sign-up sheet is on there. I think I got most of our main leaders. We need helpers and stuff except for recreation. We need somebody to lead uh, recreation. And I've got books and stuff to be able to, to hand to you uh, for that as well. Uh, I think the, the last thing that I've got, we are going to camp, youth camp, uh, a week from tomorrow. And so in the foyer, uh, each year since I've been here, I have uh, wristbands. And so there are names of all the adults and students that are going. Uh, it's in a little uh, uh, wooden bin over there on the table to the left. And I invite you to go pick a name, pick two names. Uh, you know, going old school, middle school style here with all the bracelets. Uh, but it's Tyvek, so you can get it wet and, and whatnot. But, uh, but I encourage you to go uh, pick one up and, and start praying for that student, pray for that adult uh, starting today, uh, all week, all next week. Um, the amazing thing that I'm seeing in student ministry right now uh, throughout our country is kids are getting saved by like large numbers. Like kids are coming to Christ and it looks like this, like discipleship is growing amongst those students. And, and I really think God is moving uh, in the minds of the hearts of our young people, this generation, uh, for those who, who are doing that. And so um, I invite you to, to take a name and pray. Uh, for them this week, next week, and even the next week after that, or even the whole year, uh, would be would be even better that God would move uh, in their lives. Um, so uh, that is out there uh, as well. I think that's all the announcements I have uh, this morning. Uh, it is the end of the month, so we celebrate birthdays and anniversaries. So if you have a birthday anniversary, uh, you don't want to come up up front, uh, but you want to share where you're at, you can. Uh, some people give on their birthday and anniversary. It goes to Arkansas Baptist Children's Home, and so uh, you can uh, do that as well. Come forward if you want to. So at this time, any birthdays or anniversaries? Anniversary. 33 years. It's your anniversary too? How many years? Uh, 11. 11 year anniversary. All right. Birthday. Birthday.
One year anniversary. Time flies fast. It's your birthday. Your anniversary. I'm by myself, but we're still married. 57 years. <laughs> You're by yourself. You know, I, I, I've said this joke before, but, you know, uh, we, we're going on 26 or 27 years, and my wife still takes my breath away, and I just have to get, it, get her to take the pillow off me sometimes. So, uh, anyway, uh, let's, let's stand up this morning, and I'll dismiss this in prayer. That's a true story. No. Uh, keep Brother Sean in your prayers as well. They, they are off uh, west uh, this week. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, this morning we are thankful for the opportunity, uh, for the message that you brought this morning of your grace, your mercy. Uh, Lord, these men and women who uh, are serving uh, around our area, our, our city, our, our state, uh, Lord, that they are distributing your word. Uh, Lord, the opportunity we have to play a part in that, whether it's uh, to be a part of that organization or to be able to give to that organization or simply to take a Bible that we have and be able to share that with others, Lord, that you call us to do. And so thankful for the ministry uh, that they have and that they do. Lord, that you would continue to bless them, uh, Lord, in their efforts and their doing, Lord, that as we leave today, to know that you have given us your word, empowered us to share that with others, that we would see life change uh, in kids, teenagers, college students, adults, our neighbors, our family, uh, Lord, and, and to see your hand move uh, through.